Hello, and welcome to the Healthy Balanced Birth and Beyond podcast. I'm Olivia, your host, and on this podcast, we will talk about everything related to the journey to conceive, pregnancy, labor, birth, postpartum, parenthood, and beyond. This is a safe space where birth professionals, birthing people, expected parents, and partners can come on and share their knowledge or personal experiences with our listeners. The goal of this podcast is to create connections, share stories, information, and resources to educate and empower people in their own personal journey. Good morning, listeners. Good morning, good morning. Welcome back to a new episode of the Healthy Balanced Birth and Beyond podcast. Today, I have an awesome mama friend that I connected with through Instagram on with us. Her name is Elisa, and she is based out of California. She is a health coach who helps busy moms overcome exhaustion and get their sex drive back through nutrition, hormone balancing, and mindfulness. She is a health coach. And so, Elisa, would you like to give us a little intro to who you are, what you do, and your experience that got you there? Yes, absolutely. But most and foremost, I would love to just really, um, Olivia and the Healthy Balanced Birth Podcast, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. And it's a true honor and blessing that you thought of having me join in on this amazing project you have going on. Um, Truly anything to shine some light on motherhood and normalize motherhood struggles and um, essentially bring mothers together has my full heart and support. So just thank you. And I know that motherhood is messy and knowing that we are not alone is truly everything. So thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. Um, So my name is Elisa and I am a certified health and wellness coach. I also am a fertility specialist and a certified aromatherapist. And with my husband of almost 13 years, we have a gorgeous, lively three-nager that (laughs) fills our hearts with unconditional love. Um, we are really blessed to really experience God's unconditional love through him. So this motherhood journey has been really eye-opening and amazing. Um, I opened my virtual coaching practice a little over a year ago, and my main mission of all of my passions and certifications is to really support and have a haven for mothers. So motherhood is definitely one of the most lonely tasks that we will accomplish in life. Yeah, I really like to bring light to it when the going gets tough and overwhelming because whether or not we all admit it, we all know it is overwhelming from time to time. So that's a little bit about my background of um, education. Um, I feel like what you said is very important too, though, because people don't generally think that motherhood is going to be lonely. Um, and they think that people talking about it, saying that it's lonely or just those, that's just how those people are. And I feel like when people realize that when you're in it and it can be very lonely, it can be very isolating. It's important to bring light to that. So thank you for doing that. Absolutely. Cause yeah, sometimes it gets hard to really, um, I know a lot of moms that I talk to, they say they're just wanting to figure it out on their own and that's great. And I support obviously any decision that moms make, but sometimes coming forward and talking about it and realizing, oh, I'm not the only one, brings some, it helps also cut that mom guilt and mom perfection. Yes. And when we can relate on our imperfections, then we almost get really more empowered to, to want to, to want to reach for more. So I, I really love shining light on that. But, um, 
yeah. So thanks for acknowledging that because that's definitely was a hard task. It was actually a quote my mom used to tell me all the time in the beginning, and it gave me a lot of strength. So I loved that. Yeah, I mean, I'll- it's it's huge, and that's also I've said it so many times, but that's part of the reason why I wanted to start this podcast is to have people come on and share their stories so other people feel like, oh my God, I'm not the only one who's going through this. (laughs) Um, And I feel like too, sometimes sharing your story can be therapeutic in a way um, because you're talking about it, even though it may have been very hard to talk about. um, And it might open up other people to want to share their stories too. So like you said, I think it's just, it's so important to shed light on those things. Absolutely. I mean, even just being honored to be asked on this project and thinking back of my own journey, even though it was only three years ago when I was thinking about it, in a sense, it felt like a lifetime ago because that was a completely different person than I am right now. And the strength that I gathered throughout all of this time, I I sometimes forget to stop and take a deep breath and be really grateful and acknowledge that, you know, I've come this far and I would have never acknowledged that strength, you know, four years ago. So I'm just really proud of where I am. So, Yeah. And two, acknowledging where you are and meeting yourself where you are, which is something I'm sure that you work with your clients with. Um, There are so many different seasons of life, but then there are also different seasons of motherhood and parenthood. And sometimes they're really hard and sometimes they're really awesome. And sometimes they're a mix of in between. Um, so I think, like you said, it's just important to acknowledge where you are and look back and be like, wow, I got through that. I figured out how to get through that. And the fact that you're helping moms do that is huge. It's such important work. So yeah, I would, I would love to hear about, um, your own personal experience, um, as a mom and going through motherhood, Um, and then basically how you turned that into what you wanted to do for work. Would you share some of that with us? Absolutely. Um, anytime a girl gets to talk about herself (laughs) not on her first day, that's, that's a real treat. So, um, especially since I've been cooped up with two boys a lot lately, it's nice to be asked. So it's an honor. Um, so when it, when it came time actually for my maternity leave, I asked my doctor at the time to sign my leave out at 32 weeks, which I know at the time I thought maybe I was being selfish because every other mom waits until 36 weeks. And to top it off, my son was actually 12 days late. So that means I was home nesting and waiting for him for almost 10 weeks. And at first I felt really guilty for quote unquote only growing a human, but, but like now looking back, it was the best decision of my life. And motherhood is the only time in your life. Once you go through this transformation from woman to a mother, you can never go back. Mm -hmm. And so I think the best thing I did during this time was sit still in a room and I would maybe read, maybe look at my phone, but there was definitely a lot of sleep. And my husband used to come home and say, are you really in the same spot? Like, aren't you bored? Aren't you wanting to like get up and go do something? And I, I would respond with, do you hear that? And he would say, no, be like, exactly. It's pure blissful silence. It is the only time from here on out, we will ever be able to say that because we know that, you know, our child's home safe with us, nothing, um, 
we're all here at this moment and really nothing else matters because no matter how old they get, you're still always going to worry about them and wonder if they're okay. And this was the last time that, you know, in a sense, he was all mine. Mm -hmm. And I really just wanted to savor those moments and, and bond with him. And I like to think that's why he's such a mama's boy. So (laughs) I give a lot of credit to my sitting and loving just on him. And so, um, when he finally did do his extremely late arrival, which the funny iron- irony of everything is I was also 12 days late. Oh, really? So it was almost like meant to be. So that kind of showed right away he was going to be extremely stubborn like me and just, <laughs> you know, do everything in his own time. And so, um, and the funny thing is, is, you know, I actually couldn't feel my left leg throughout my whole pregnancy oh. because he was sitting on a nerve. And as soon as I delivered him, I could feel my leg again. It was almost like he was showing me that, you know, he's going to do things his way and his time and, and his three years, he has definitely stayed true to that. So it always kind of cracks me up. So, um, it's so funny. I mean, I, I I love hearing that perspective and everything that you just said, because a lot of the time I feel like people forget that when you're pregnant, you're literally growing a human. You are growing (laughs) a child. And they're like, oh, well, you, like, the baby's not here yet. You can still do things. Um, But, like, it takes so much energy, so much energy, and we don't even realize it. And I think that's part of our society is just everybody's go, go, go. You got to keep working up until your, until your due date. Um, So I love that you took the time to slow down and nest and, like you said to your husband, just be like, there's no, there's nothing we have to really, really, really worry about until he's here. Like it can be quiet for a little while because as soon as you have a baby, like you said, everything shifts and changes and not in a bad way. It's just, everything is so new. So having that time to yourself, having that time with your significant other to just soak it all in is just, I'm glad that you did that because I feel like, I mean, I don't think I did that and I, I'm sure I'm not the only one. And, um, I'm sure there are a lot of other people out there who wish that they did that because some people's babies come before they expect them. Some people's come after they expect them. Like our daughter was 12 days early. So it's just, funny. yeah, it's just, it's, looking at things from a different perspective is so important. And I feel like everything you just said ties in perfectly to what you do and what, what working with moms, making them look at things from a different perspective or kind of talking to them and hearing what they have to say and seeing how you can shift that mindset for them is probably, is that something that you do a lot? Oh, absolutely. Mindset is everything. Even just simply saying a switch in, um, your sayings of like, I am stressed to in a sense saying, you know, I am feeling stressed. So that way it lets you know, it's a temporary thing. You are going to get out of it instead of, you know, when you say I am stressed, it feels more permanent. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. So even just switching a, a simple sentence makes the world of difference because it lets you, like I said, lets you know, it's temporary. You acknowledge it, you you face it, you know, you give it time and then you know that, and as cliche as it sounds, but like tomorrow's a fresh day. So, um, mindset's really everything. Yeah, it is. And I feel like mindset in life in general is everything. 
It, I mean, mm-hmm. it's the way that you look at things. If you keep, if you're focusing on one thing, that's how, what you're going to see. That's what you're going to continue to see. Um, but I like talking about mindset in terms of like pregnancy and labor and birth, because that's the one thing that you do have control over is your mindset. And then even postpartum, which is what you focus on with moms, you do have control of your mindset. Um, so could you tell us about how once your son was born, um, what you, what you did personally that you feel like has helped you get through different seasons of motherhood, parenthood, and then what you took from that. And now it's something that you use with your clients. Yeah, absolutely. So my husband and I actually worked for the same company when our son was born. Okay. And I don't know if it's for all states, but definitely in California, due to working for the same employer, we actually had to share our maternity leave. Oh. So typically, um, you know, how a mom gets, you know, that um, six weeks and postpartum and then the baby bonding and then other programs from there. Well, we got the full 18 weeks. But normally, as our employer allows six weeks for family bonding time also for the dad, if we both didn't work at the same company, but due to that, we had to share the 18 weeks. Okay. And so he graciously gave me all of his days. Yet, looking back, I really wish I would have shared them with him because he really went back to work, I think, after at least two or four days after our son was born. Oh, wow. Okay. And so... um, because any extra day that he took on top of that, it was going to pull from me. And I was so emotional at the time, just the thought of one last day with my son or, you know, not having him near me just broke me down in tears. So he was very selfless and, you know, let me have all of that. But I should have really acknowledged that, you know, my body was healing and I was still trying to get momentum with my breastfeeding journey. And I did not feel as prepared as I thought I was. I was far from it. And I'm such a go-getter, happy, spirited kind of person. But the beginning stages of motherhood knocked me completely off my tracks. Like, um, I remember there was this um, cricket commercial for phone service. And I don't know why, but because the guy was so upbeat, it used to bring me to tears every time because all I felt was this like alone feeling and I just wanted all three of us home together and it was just a sad song and there were certain songs I couldn't listen to on the radio there were certain songs that like um on my playlist when I'd be cleaning or cooking if it came on it was just a quick nope skip to the next (laughs) one because it would just remind me that he was at work and he was working for the family, but that I was home and I didn't even, I mean, I felt so guilty. I was constantly looking at like the next nap time to just hopes that when I woke up, you know, I'd feel a little bit more like myself and Mm -hmm. it felt like it never came. And, um, just a quick side rant, um, looking back and kind of thinking about preparing myself for today. Um, I found it so baffling that I read six books pretty much to prepare for motherhood and postpartum. And I went to multiple birthing classes and researched Pinterest like we were best friends. <laughs> and there are no pin. There are there are all pins to like pack your perfect hospital bag and what baby names you should have and maternity photo shoot ideas. But why is there no one on one postpartum meal prepping? get your family on a meal delivery service or 
um, tips to why not to ask for the playpen, you know, because he's not going to need that till he's eight or nine, ten months old. And to register for something that would provide value right then. Like, I wish someone would have registered for me to have DoorDash credits mm-hmm. or a cleaning lady for the first month or heck, a postpartum chiropractor appointment to get my body in line. That's like what I truly needed. And why doesn't everyone talk about postpartum, like a postpartum care package deal, like one designed for moms, but also one's designed for dads. Like they watch us sit in a corner and cry while we're supposed to be, you know, enjoying this nursing journey. But sometimes it's so exhausting and stressful, but you just have to keep at it. And they need that support too to know, you know, you're not going to have that emotional, maybe like sexual connection for even though you get the pass in six months, why don't they prepare you for six or six weeks? Sorry, but why don't they prepare you for six months? You know, I'm literally just sitting here nodding my head at every single thing you're saying, because it's all my side rants. (laughs) It's so, it's so, so, so true. Um, like we, as new moms need that support, but also, like you said, our partners need that support too. And I can completely relate to your story. Um, in terms of your partner going back to work. Um, because when I, when I was home with my daughter at, like you, like I said, she came early. And so there were loose ends that weren't tied up for my husband. And so he essentially was still running back and forth and running around doing things and working and wasn't really fully, but he wasn't able to slow down. And then he comes home and all I want to do is talk to him because I'm alone all day. And (laughs) And then, like, the house is a mess and things aren't done. And also, too, nobody really, like, fully talks about the hormone letdown that you have as soon as your baby's here. Like, yes, you're emotional, but, like, like, as soon as your baby is born, you're literally, like, all of your hormones just, like, go out of you. You're coming off of a progesterone high and you're still trying to, like, figure out. And no one talks about that, like you said, so you have no clue. You think something's wrong with you, and then you look around the house, and it constantly looks like you're robbed. Mm-hmm. And then he gets home, and he looks at you like <laughs> like you've just woken up from a 10-month coma. <laughs> I know. It's, but I'm, I'm so glad that you're talking about that and bringing light to it because we need to talk about these things. And also the idea that there should be, we should be registering for things that we'll actually use is so, so on point. Because when I was doing my registry, I was like, what do we actually need? What are we actually going to use? And we got so many clothes, so, so, so many clothes. And I'm like, we should have just literally, like you said, put like food gift cards on there or like meal plans, like something Um, in the chiropractic care too. I love that you mentioned that because that is so, oh, it's just on point to everything. And I'm actually going to have someone come on and talk about the importance of that. So thank you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We've been taking our son to the chiropractor since he was eight months old Mm -hmm. and I love it. I mean, it did wonders for me. I remember my first adjustment, I was obviously eight months postpartum and the chiropractor, I just remember him going, whoa, you are jacked up. (laughs) How have you been managing? And I'm like, well, you're hunched over, constantly nursing, you know, you're picking them up. You're not making sure you have a neutral spine when you're doing things and you're not being mindful because again, you don't know these things because there's nothing to prepare us out there. 
no one's talking about it. Um, funny side note is we got so many clothes and you are, I don't want to say lucky cause obviously I love my boy, but you're so lucky that you had a girl in the sense that, um, they're, everything in the girl area at Target or Kohl's or anywhere you go is gorgeous and beautiful. And if you go to the boys' side of everything, it's trucks and construction things and yellow and bright blues. And I have fair skin and red hair. Nobody wants to be next to those colors that <laughs> I ended up returning almost all of my clothes from the baby showers that I got blacklisted from Target's return abilities. Oh my God. They actually had to come out and say, you, ma'am, you have returned so much that you can't return anything for a whole year. Wow. So I used to have to bring other people's IDs to use it as a return. <laughs> That's how many clothes we got. But it was like, why aren't people giving, no one followed our registry. Yep. And it was like, why did I spend all of that time and energy to tell you what I wanted for you just to look at it and go, nope, I got a better plan. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's like you said, it's not, it's not meant to sound like you're not appreciative or you don't, or you're not grateful for it because you absolutely are. Um, but I felt the same exact way. Um, and there were things that we definitely could have used that we ended up purchasing on our end because like you said, people kind of just did their own thing and didn't really look at it. Um, but also in terms of the clothes thing, which I find funny that you say that because I was, I put a lot of gender neutral things on our registry because I generally don't like all of the crazy pink bows, rainbows, unicorns, <laughs> things. Um, and I wanted, and I don't know, I was just thinking like in the future, if we have a boy, we can like be more eco-friendly and use, have them wear those clothes too. So I ended up returning a ton of pink things, like a ton, oh, a ton, okay. a ton, because that's what we got. Um, so yeah, it's funny that you say that. So <laughs> I can relate to that too. I even sometimes fall so in love with the girl stuff that my son actually has these hot pink leggings that he wears with his um, Doc Martens that we get so many compliments on. Like, you rock that pink well. And so I sometimes find myself going over there because it's just way cuter. So I mean, I <laughs> honestly, funny. I think that there should be like more of a, like a mesh, like an intertwining of the two. I don't think it should be like boys can't wear pink, girls can't wear blue. When I was younger, I used to get annoyed when people would say, oh, well, like, is pink your favorite color? Because blue is my favorite color. And I would get, I'm like, just because I'm a girl doesn't mean I'm going to like pink. Um, yeah. So I think that there should be less kind of like gender focused and it should be more so let your kid wear what they want to wear. Oh, well, good. Because, yeah, he had sparkly purple frozen rain boots. Um, he pushes his baby doll around with his hot pink leggings on and then he goes and plays football so I love that. he's a good yin with yang so. I love that so much <laughs> um but yeah go ahead sorry but I was gonna say back to I guess a little bit more about me if you'd still like to learn more yeah I was gonna say we um, kind of went off on a little rampage yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people if they're driving and listening they're nodding their head and going oh I can totally relate agreed um but I think what got me the most during, like, my postpartum time was this level of mom perfection mm -hmm. and trying to keep this front that I thought all moms had. And it was really essentially kind of eating me alive. And I didn't have um, a 
mother figure in my life until I was about two and a half. And I think due to that, I put a lot of pressure on myself in a sense to really make that up to my son. And everything I felt really needed to be perfect for him. And I put a lot of pressure on not ever letting him feel that he wasn't the utmost love because I kind of always had this battle of, you know, with my birth mom. And so I wanted to make sure that he never felt that. And due to that, it really didn't let me put any time or effort into myself. Um, I, I mean, I still to this day iron all of his clothes and everyone makes fun of me, like who irons a three-year-old's clothes. But it was to the level of like, he would have perfect iron clothes that then my family would say, are you going to iron his diaper too? And it was like, if I could, I would. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and then I would look like I just dragged my hair across the carpet and like (laughs) hit the door running. And so, um, it definitely got a lot harder because, you know, the, the older they get, then you really have no, um, I don't want to say excuse, but also in a sense, like, you really need to take care of yourself at that point to be able to take care of him. And I wish I would have really had that non-judgmental friend that understood me, simply just listened without necessarily saying what she did or didn't do that helped her, and then really just validated my imperfections without doubting my capabilities as a mother. And so... um, It's lovely when you're having a talk with a girlfriend and, you know, she can say, oh, I get it. You know, like, this is what I did. Well, I guess I always felt like, well, that's, I'm really happy that that worked for you, but there's different circumstances in this household and it's just not going to work the same here. And Mm -hmm. now that that's the only advice that I've gotten, what do I do next? Do I just go talk to the next person? And I felt like that's what kind of kept happening. And so, um, It actually took me about eight or nine months to get out of my bunk that I was in. And the person that I reached out to was actually my grandmother. And Mm -hmm. I asked her how she raised four kids with a traveling husband. And she said one of the simplest tips of advice, and I'll never forget it. And she told me, you know, Alisa, God gives us women a pair of big girl panties, and you just need to wear them for you and your family. And you are their everything and you can't forget that family comes first. And at first I remember kind of laughing because I was thinking like, where can I buy these big girl panties? Because, you know, like all I wear is thongs and I don't really see anything staying too well in those. So um, really needed her guidance on where I can buy these. Um, But she told me, you know, that all the strength that I needed was inside of me because I was her grandmother or her granddaughter. And, you know, she, she was giving me that strength and telling me, you know, that I can do it. And she was giving me the affirmations that I should have been telling myself all along. And I know that advice doesn't necessarily help other moms, yet there really is some truth because you will never really be given more than you can handle. And you are stronger and more amazing than you give yourself credit for and we really are and we need to be able to soak in and embrace those daily affirmations and you know my grandmother really got me through motherhood more than anyone else ever could have I truly owe all of my strength to her because she she was that non-judgmental friend that I was praying for and 
I felt kind of silly because she was there all along and it took me eight to nine months to open up to her and finally ask for help. But that was the hardest first step was acknowledging that I needed the support. And then more importantly, feeling brave enough to go out and ask for it. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, my husband was amazing during this time and was always acknowledging how I was doing and, and letting me know that motherhood looked good on me. Yet I constantly in the and behind closed doors was beating myself up. And I am so thankful that I, I, you know, finally did open up to my husband and my grandmother and on my secret that, you know, mom guilt and this mom perfection was really eating me up. And it was, it was great that they were there so open heartedly. And so uh, this really encouraged me to start doing my own research. And that's actually when I came across the um, integrative health, um, health coaching certification course and looking at the breakdown that each of the modules in the course had to offer was everything that I desperately needed accountability acknowledging affirmations support balancing hormones looking at you know your overall health how your diet and your nutrients really play everything and how once you start to focus on that 100% self-care then you will start to to feel physically like the old you, but more importantly, how to create the new you. Yeah. And so through those strengths, you know, so I went and did that and, um, and started getting really, really obsessed and involved in finding everything there was about health. I then signed up for the fertility course. I also became a certified aromatherapist to learn how the holistic side of things plays such a big role and how I can make my own products. I, ended up launching my own um, whipped body butter line and selling, you know, these um, essential oil rollers to local companies in the town and just kind of doing, um, I also did a ton of workshops on essential oils and how that plays a big role and starting with these small little changes in your life then start to kind of snowball into bigger things. And um, I was able to kind of be that, extra you know support for other women and I loved it that that's why I ended up opening this practice because I realized you know every, a lot of women were telling me you know you just are so easy to talk to and you can just tell that you really care and you make it fun you're light you kind of make jokes and so um I always felt that way and I was like oh it feels good to be acknowledged on it um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, when someone feels they need that extra support and accountability to accomplish all of their heart's desires as a woman and then all, above all, you know, as a mother, don't wait to ask or seek that support, you know. Why stay in that place longer than you need to? Right. Um, I was, when a mother... Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> no, 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 please. I was just going to say, sitting here and listening to you talk about it, I feel like it's, it's important to somehow kind of like once you get out of the fog of new motherhood, which can take time, it can take time to figure out how to do that. But I feel like what you were saying is you need to realize that you have what you need within yourself, but you also might need to have somebody tell you that 
you need like that, that support. So it's fine in the balance of being like, okay, well, I can do these things. I'm strong enough to do these things. I'm capable of doing these things. But at the same time, it's having somebody there who you can talk to, who isn't going to just throw things at you, whether it's criticism or judgments or opinions or advice. Um, Sometimes you just want somebody there who's going to listen to you. And then if you ask for advice or support, um, they're there to do those things because I can totally relate to everything that you were saying because you have this mindset where I feel like it's also common in our society, maybe just here in the U.S., because I know in other countries they do things differently during the postpartum period. But it's there's so much that's expected of new moms. Um, you are you just birthed a baby, so you have to heal. Some people have to go back to work really, really shortly after. Um, but then you're also trying to figure out how to take care of yourself, to take care of a new baby, to make sure you're sleeping, make sure your baby's sleeping, make sure you're eating, make sure your baby's eating. There's so many different things that go into it. So to hear you talk about you were in this fog for however many months and then you reached out to somebody it's like we we don't realize how isolating it can be and how alone you can feel. Um, and then you ended up reaching out to your grandmother and you were saying that your husband was there and he was telling you all these things and offering you support in that way. But I also feel like, too, and maybe you can tell me if you felt the same way, is that it's different when you're talking to somebody who's had a baby, who's raised kids, um, compared to um, somebody who did not physically birth a baby. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like there are certain aspects of it where you want to talk about these things, but you also know that they won't fully understand them. So then you're searching for somebody who you can relate to or who can relate to what you're saying on a deeper level. I think for me, when it came time to decide whether I wanted to open up as much to my husband, it came to a point of like, he kept telling me all these great things. And since I didn't feel it, I, I kind of just closed him off, Mm -hmm. not on purpose, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, he was really ready to connect on that emotional level again. And I still just would look down and kind of like see my baby wave and, you know, look myself in the mirror and be like, did I even brush my teeth today? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't want to present myself. And he's telling me, you look beautiful. And it's like, gosh, you're an awful liar. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he's not but, lying. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think for me, a big part of support came from my grandma because yes, she has been through it, but also she just kind of she found a, she's amazing at it. She finds a way to kind of give you the, the hard truth that you need to hear because she is a true Southern um, mama in a sense, but she also finds a way to bring it down to such a wholehearted level that I think I get a lot of that from her. And I wanted to be able to bring that into it of where I feel comfortable, you know, challenging moms to acknowledge, you know, their, their affirmations that they need to be saying, but also finding a really calming, wholehearted support for them. And so I think that's why it was so different hearing it from her than from him Mm -hmm. is she was able to, to kind of give me what I needed to hear (laughs) in a loving, a loving manner. Yeah. 
But I also love, too, hearing your story and hearing about how you once you reach that point and then you reached out to your grandmother and you started talking to your grandmother and she offered you that support and you looked deep down at yourself and you realized that in order to be able to do all of these things um, for yourself and to show up for your son and your husband and to show up to, to essentially go after what you want to do, you have to take care of yourself. And I love hearing that you went from being like, okay, well, I feel like I'm a mess and I feel like I just am trying to be perfect and there's so much mom guilt to doing to taking the route to going to get certified as a health health coach, to going deeper and also getting certified in aromatherapy and then also learning about hormones and then also starting your own business. It's just, it's motivating and it's inspiring to hear because I know, I mean, me personally too, I feel like there are still so many things that I want to do and I haven't done them yet, but it's just like once you reach that point where you're like, okay, I either can sit here and do nothing about it or I can dig deep and go into it and realize that in order to do these things, I have to show up for myself or I'm not going to get anywhere. So I applaud you for that. And I love that you are coming on here and sharing that story with our listeners. Oh, of course. Thank you so much for that extra love on that because (laughs) that took a long time to get to that point. And then also kind of coming to the realization, you know, when this beautiful baby came home with us, we const- at first we were constantly thinking like we knew need to adapt to him mm-hmm. and we were trying to like work everything around him and finally you know I was sitting there one day and I was thinking why doesn't he kind of adapt to a little bit more around me mm-hmm. because yeah I'm, I'm going to give up a lot to be this perfect person for that is perfect for him but I really need him in a sense to be there for me as well So I actually started going to yoga and when I do my schooling, you know, he was right there with me. He would go into the yoga classes and still to now he'll sit next to me and do the yoga. He will, he's in a sense my accountability partner even sometimes when it comes time to working out because he knows that I do that in the morning. He reminds me when I haven't. And there, we started finding family friendly, you know, bars and places that had concerts because we kept giving all of this up and then looking out the window and kind of seeing like our old life Mm -hmm. and we realized we really want to introduce him into our hobbies and our loves and our passions and he's gonna love them too and I mean he loves putting on his Doc Martens and going to a local concert I mean that kid jams all night long (laughs) and that's his best night's sleep because he runs out all his energy yeah and he does these yoga classes, like I said, with me. He goes, um, I'll go out running and he'll bring his scooter. And I realized, like, once I started to kind of incorporate him into my hobbies, that's also what helped me kind of find my identity again. Mm-hmm. Is it was like, okay, it's harder. It's not ideal necessarily to take him everywhere, but it's kind of just what you do. And that made a big difference. And I feel like a lot of moms are like, Oh, I don't want to do that. Or, Oh, it's a lot more work or oh, I don't have time. Um, and I support those always, but I mean, girl, go out to the, the show and bring the little guy. People love to see little people. <laughs> yeah. I also feel like too, it's about what, what you, what your priorities are, you know, cause when they're so little, 
I feel like there are definitely things that you do have to adapt to for them. And then as they get older and they start to, um, to get more mobile, essentially, then you can, sometimes it's harder, like you said, to bring them places, but sometimes it's also easier because then they can run around and get rid of their energy and then everyone's happy, you know? Um, so I think that there, like, there's also a balance with that too, is just adapting to them, but also having them learn to adapt too. um, it, but I think it takes time, like you said, because when it's new and you're still figuring it all out, you're figuring yourself out and your relationship out and figuring your baby out. So it takes time. It's not something that's just going to all of a sudden click. <laughs> um, well, I wish they would, or I wish there was a book on, you know, how to not lose yourself, but keep your, your mom identity. So yeah. I'm yeah. still looking for that book, but maybe, maybe you'll write it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, while we were talking about mindset, it really got me thinking about how there are, you know, so many great things that come from just switching your mindset and even just kind of like your point right now of, you know, acknowledging that you do need to slow down at the beginning, but there's no need to to not keep the momentum going when you, when you got older and stuff. And so I think my mindset also shifted a lot during that time and there are, in my mind, there's usually two types of mindset. There's either, you know, the growth mindset or a fixed mindset. And the growth one is, you know, I can learn and do anything that I put my mind to. And, you know, my attitude really determines it all. And I think that's what helped us be able to realize that we wanted to grow with him and kind of let him be a part of our life. And I think at the beginning, I was so stuck in my mom perfection and this fixed mindset that like I either need to be perfect or you know I'm not going to be a good mom Mm -hmm. and it got me frustrated and um that was really just a stuck personal journey and once I got into my my from my fix to my growth it really let me get comfortable and 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 challenge my discomfort and you know kind of slowly from one comfort zone to the next comfort zone and even kind of relinquishing some of my control over only being the one to watch my son made a big difference too. You know, it took us, I think until he was a year old to finally let, you know, someone watch him overnight. But I think he was four or five months old until someone actually watched him when I had to go back to where I was working at the time. And even at that, we were like, we only want him there for an hour because, you know, he's going to need us and mm-hmm. he's going to miss us. And it was like, we need to be able to to be comfortable with challenging our comfort zones in parenthood. And, you know, doing maybe, I wish in a sense we would have done, you know, 30 minutes maybe before that five months to kind of get the comfortability of it and and get that, that comfort zone settled. So it wasn't such a like rip off the bandaid kind of moment. (laughs) It's, it's hard though. It's really, it's really hard though, because you're like, that's my baby. Nobody knows how to take care of my baby the way that I do, you know? And I can absolutely relate to that. Um, and I mean, I can talk about my own personal journey, but I can relate to that. Um, because I'm with my daughter 24 seven, essentially she's with me all the time. Um, and we've been exclusively breastfeeding. So, the idea of her being watched by somebody else, I am 
still learning to be comfortable with because she's just starting to actually eat food and that sort of thing. So I can relate to that. I mean, and it is, it, it is important, but it just depends on so many different little, um, circumstances, I guess. Um, but I love that you talked about your personal journey and how you started doing things. And then would you tell us like, I guess just give a couple of different examples of things that um, either new moms talk to you about or, I mean, other ways that mom you help moms get back to their um, sense of self again? Yeah, of course. So just to kind of give a little bit light of what I do. I know at the beginning you really talked about how I help moms with like exhaustion and depletion to really get their sex drive back and mm-hmm. self-confidence through, you know, lifestyle changes such as um, – we focus a lot on movement, exercise, stress management, um, a lot of rest, not necessarily just sleep. You can go to sleep but not feel rested in the morning. And so focusing a lot on how you rest and whatever that may mean for that person and just overall nourishment that could be anywhere from um, food to how you you know, fuel your body in whatever way. And so that's really the foundation of how I – start with each mother and then um, yet every mom comes to me with a different individualized story and most importantly I just really meet them where they are so as well as keeping them accountable to themselves to reach you know these short-term goals that develop into permanent lifestyle changes Mm -hmm. that then eventually will create healthy habits Mm -hmm. so it's not necessarily to get you on this um one long-term goal because it gets really hard, you know, when you're in that long-term goal to one, keep the momentum going because it feels so far away. But then two, like once you finish, you kind of just come to a dead stop and, and getting that momentum going again can be the hardest part. And so I really like to focus on lifestyle changes that are really small and keep that momentum going. So As I meet moms, you know, where they are, I don't necessarily tell them, you know, what they need to do. I find really practical applications are to just show them how to do it, whether it be physically, practically, emotionally, or spiritually. So most importantly, you know, I simply just ask moms, you know, how are they? And continually meet them where they are. So I know for me, I feel like it never happened. And one of the biggest things I wish someone would have just stopped and, you know, kind of looked at me and genuinely asked, you know, how are you? It was a common question. It's always like, how's the baby? Is the baby sleeping? You know, is she nursing? And no one really, you know, touches your arm or, you know, holds you and says like, how are you? You Mm -hmm. know, what do you need? And that moment is everything. And especially when you know they come from a genuine spot, you feel like you can really let that weight off your shoulders yeah. and, and take that deep breath and be like, oh, I never thought like someone would ask, but now that you have. And so um, I really like to be that safe, in a sense, why it's in my name, the, that haven that, you know, all of us moms need, but we didn't know existed. Yeah. So it's essentially like you're that you're that person that checks in to see how they're doing, you ch- you hold them accountable and you're introducing or discussing with them different little habits or, excuse me, steps that they can take that will turn into habits. And 
I know everybody says it, but sometimes the smallest things turn into the biggest life changes. Um, and it's so important for anybody, but especially moms. And I love the idea of kind of like mothering the mother almost, um, because everybody is so, everyone wants to see the baby. I get it. everyone, everyone t- wants to check in on the baby, see pictures of the baby, how's the baby eating, how's the baby sleeping, but you absolutely need to have somebody who is checking in with you to be like, how are you? How are you doing? Um, so I think that I love everything that you just said about that. And also the work that you're doing is so, so needed and so important. And that's part of the reason why I was so excited to talk to you initially and get you on the podcast because it's imp- everything that you said on this podcast. I know that there are going to be people who are listening along, just shaking their heads like, mm-hmm, I've been there. I've, I've been through that. And maybe too, there might be n- new moms who are listening who are like, wow, like she's done, she's done all these things. Um, how can I do those things? So I think it's just, it's so important. And thank you. Thank you again for coming on. Oh, absolutely. Like I keep saying, it's a real honor. This is a real treat for me. I love listening to podcasts and driving and nodding my head too. And sometimes <laughs> I even catch myself saying out loud, like, yes, sister. Like, <laughs> I got it. Like, I know where you're coming from. And you know, you, you're you realizing like, no one can see me or hear me. And so <laughs> I love that. Uh, but yeah, like you said, just, I think a big thing of why it's so important for moms, but of course for everyone, but like I said, most importantly for moms is to keep it small with attainable, you know, goals is because then as you slowly accomplish them, you can celebrate yourself. Yes. And when you slowly have those little celebrations, it keeps you motivated to want more and to push for, you know, the next small thing. And it gives you something to, you know, have that like deep breath of like, I've got this and I may not have before, but like, look how far I've come just kind of in a sense how I did as well. And, um, I mean, sometimes it's so hard when you, you know, on January 1st, when you're like, I'm going to go back to the gym and this whole year, I'm going to put four, like forefront my whole self to this gym by like day four. You're like, I got to get back to my old life. Like I can't keep up with this anymore. Mm -hmm. And we'll say, we'll start it next year, you know, and there's no need to give up the things you love. Um, Yeah. The great thing is, is like when you're still giving yourself all of the nutrients that your body needs, like. I still occasionally have an In-N-Out burger from time to time. I'll eat a piece of cake. There's no sense to give up the things you love, but as long as like majority of the time that you're nourishing yourself, you know, and, and doing those things that you can still celebrate along the way. So yeah, I really love that. Um, you had mentioned, I think when we were talking on Instagram, but also um, earlier when you and I were just chatting um, that you have a challenge coming up soon. Um, that people could learn about and follow along with and participate in? Yeah, so I will be doing it in April. I actually changed the date with everything going on right now. So what I did do is I did start a Facebook group. Okay. Um, I guess I should have mentioned that. I kind of (laughs) forgot about it because it's so new in my life. Um, But it's called Flourishing Mamas Mastering Motherhood. And I'll go ahead and send that in a DM to you as well. Um, But... Within this time, I really decided to go in there and to do some live coaching to kind of help during, because so many people are doing so much amazing things by giving so many free resources back to the community that I really wanted to be a part of that as well. 
So I do go in and kind of during mom happy hour um, present, you know, some ways to do morning routines, night routines, exercise, hydration, um, how to nourish your body, how to kind of, you know, remember that, you know, self-care doesn't, it can be doing your nails, but also self-care can also be about, you know, all the vegetables that you're eating and incorporating into your diet. Um, anything from, from all of that to, you know, just, just a small community to chit chat and kind of come together and find some similarities and, and, and opinions during this time. So, um, I kind of paused my challenge to make sure to provide this opportunity out there and then hopefully within the next two or three weeks really go in there. But for five days, you know, I'll really just find different topics and really keen in on those and, and that way moms can get a feel of what health coaching is because gotcha. it, it really is an up and coming line of work, but it's one of the most popular up and coming line of work mm -hmm. right now. And so I feel like a lot of people at first are like, are you a therapist? <laughs> and so I, I listen to you, but I don't, I, it's a different style of work. And so this would really give an opportunity for it, but hopefully by the end of April, we'll, have a sense of normalcy coming back to us and and I can put a little more focus on that but I didn't want to overwhelm people and already uh, overwhelm oh no time. I think I love the idea that you have a Facebook group and that you're going in and allowing people to sit and chat and talk about these things because I think everybody needs to have that support right now with everything that's going on in our world so I applaud you for doing that and I'm sure that tons and tons of people appreciate that um so I will include everything um, that about your business and where people can find you, but can you tell people where we could find you? Yeah, absolutely. I do have an Instagram. It's called Mama's Wellness Haven, and I do post a lot on there and happily contact and message me through there, open to talking about anything there. And then as well as my newest baby as this Facebook group, it's Flourishing Mothers Mastering um, motherhood and just kind of being able to have that as a different outlet since you can do a lot more lives and more group things on Facebook. So a lot of the same following is from Instagram over to the Facebook, but it provides a different setting instead of Instagram's four quick slides where you have to talk as fast as possible <laughs> to get it. <laughs> so, so it's let a better kind setting. Of be a little bit more of yourself. So that's always a blessing. Um, but still, it gets—it's um, a lot to go back and forth, and I know that's a lot to ask of moms. But just due to the outlets' possibilities, it was the only way to kind of be able to accomplish both goals. Yeah, and I mean, I think with the accessibility that people have with their phones now, going between Instagram and Facebook is not going to be too difficult for anybody, and especially where we're all sitting at home, or people should be sitting at home if they're not. <laughs> um, I don't think it's a lot to ask if. And I think taking that time and work, like setting aside that time for yourself whenever you do have the time and learning these things from you, the different topics that you bring to the table is going to be so it'll help people. It will help change their outlook. It will help change their life. It'll help change the direction of their motherhood. Um, so 
I just wanted to say thank you again for coming on and chatting with us. And I've loved listening to your story and being inspired by it. Um, so I just, I'm going to include all of the information that you've chatted about with us in the show notes so everybody can come find you. Um, but is there anything that you would want to leave our listeners with today? Yeah, of course. I mean, I know that you asked, um, a couple times about how do I help people get to their ideal self? And so kind of closing up with that would be, um, really beautiful. And I think, you know, I help them. I help moms really get to their ideal self by, you know, asking them what their hopes are for not only our time working together, but what their hopes are and what that could look like for them and their their life in general, but also their motherhood journey. So I know generalizing it for now, so it's not so complex. Um, I really just help them embrace this new transition, and I love calling this, you know, your new mom identity and everything that comes from that. And I remember they um, helped them also remember that they were someone before motherhood. And so to kind of help them create this new identity emotionally while balancing back to their physical self through, you know, hormones and then eventually um, feeling their sex drive back because, you know, your libido is really your, your luxury hormone when the rest of, you know, your body's feeling that depleted and exhaustion the first thing that your body's going to pull from is those those luxury hormones. And so that's why I feel like a lot of us are feeling like something's wrong with us because, you know, our husbands are so in love with us and we're, you know, feeling that disconnect. And it's because, you know, we really need to get back to nourishing ourselves. And so I really try to help find that ideal balance for them and um, challenging them on what drives them, their passions, their desires, and letting them feel safe to grow and to really develop into that ideal self. So um, first part of getting her to that ideal self is by assessing, you know, that she's fully nourished. And um, we start this as like a building block and we work our way up and, and focusing on that ideal self and how I can get her there. So with challenging questions and with her visions and, you know, we could do vision boards or short-term goal dreaming together and just really map out a plan. So, yeah. um, and above all, like this is meant to be fun and it's a process. It's a lifelong process and to be creative with who she wants to be and be fun and discovering and using these, these strengths that she has that maybe she's forgotten and how to really take advantage of them and to remind herself, you know, um, but I just want to encourage all moms to really think of affirmations every day and and remind herself how amazing she is. And then if maybe you need to start writing them down and saying them out loud, that's amazing as well. But also focusing in on the gratitudes that you have. Um, so if anything's taken away from today, I just really hope moms focus on those affirmations and applaud themselves for how amazing they are and how far they've come and what they, they have to offer themselves, their child and their significant others. So um, sometimes we forget. (laughs) Yeah. I think everything that you said just wraps up this podcast episode so perfectly because it's, it's all about being a new parent and also giving yourself credit for all the things that you do 
trying to move away from having that mom guilt, move away from having that idea of needing to be perfect, and also remembering that you were a person before you had your your baby and that person still matters too. And nourishing that person and taking care of that person is going to allow you to show up for yourself and show up for the people that you love and take care of every day. Um, Absolutely. So I just wanted to say thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. And I am so excited for everyone to listen to it and hear it um, and to reach out to you and to thank you for the work that you do every day to help us get back to our, to get back to ourselves. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Olivia, for letting me have some adult uh, <laughs> time, especially during this time where, like I said, all I've done is spend time with two boys, which is great, but. There's only so much football I can throw, so it's nice to talk mama talk. So I appreciate you as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Elisa, and thank you so much, listeners, for listening to this week's episode. We are also going to have Elisa back for another episode. Um, We will be sharing those details about that episode within the next couple months. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you have any questions. And as always, feel free to reach out to myself. Feel free to reach out to Elisa. We are always here to answer your questions and we will chat with you next week. Bye-bye.